Hello and welcome to the next episode of the Compete Waffle. My name's Alicia. I'm an advanced sports dietitian and founder of Compete Nutrition. This next podcast has been released via an overwhelming response that we received when we did this via a live and Q&A. Uh, it is an on all things shift work and I think it was a complete oversight that we haven't covered this topic before. So we are super excited to release this as our next waffle um, as there's no doubting the dangers but also the health impacts um, and difficulties and challenges that shift workers face so it was a really big honor to kind of go through that uh, read through the research make sure that our recommendations are going to assist as much as possible in navigating this really really tough space and when we're looking at shift work the challenges are really um, you know multi-dimensional you've got the changes in sleep um, you've got changes in terms of the circadian rhythm as a result um, issues with um, food Food, using food to stay awake and all those types of things. So today we're covering all of that um, and hopefully giving some really good takeaway actionable advice that you can utilize quite easily in your shift work, whether that be um, shift work that changes all the time or if you're consistently on night shift or whatever that may be we absolutely salute you there is no easy way to get around the impacts that shift work has but there are some small little changes that you can make that can at least minimize it and hopefully help with your health your um, overall performance both in life and in sports so thank you so much for joining us today um, and i hope you enjoy Welcome. We're going to talk about um, shift work tonight. If you're just jumping on and not sure what we're covering, so um, a little bit obviously around um, time changing and that kind of thing. So a little bit probably uh, if you travel a lot, the jet lag side of things will definitely come into it. Um, but mostly we're focusing on those who survive and thrive in shift work, hopefully. So um, it's a really tough gig. Hello, everyone. Welcome. Thank you so much. I just wanted to take this time to say. Thank you to everyone who tagged and shared our post. It was very well received. Um, and I really thank you for that because we are, you know, just a growing little business. Um, so appreciate that. Uh, it means a lot. And hopefully tonight we can um, really help a few people um, just make a few small changes to how they eat um, and also how they time their eating around shift work just to try and make their lives easier and better as, as much as possible. So for those who I haven't met, my name's Alicia. I'm an advanced sports dietitian with Compete. Um, and yeah, I do these lives every Thursday night, but I know there's lots of new people on tonight. So um, I just thought I'd better introduce myself first. Uh, if you don't know what we do, who we are, um, sports dietitians are all about performance. So if we can help you perform in your life, so when it comes to shift work or any of those types of things, and that is what we do, but we also work with athletes as well in terms of performance. So we're about performance everywhere. And so we definitely look at any opportunity to improve our health and all those types of things. Oh, Amelia, ambulance worker, amazing. I think there's going to be a lot of incredible people tonight. Um, so looking forward to hearing your stories, looking forward to um, hearing all those things uh, that you do at crazy times in the night. Uh, and I guess the first thing is to say thank you because it's a really hard gig. There's lots of emergency services that do this, but also as we enter that really 24 hour um, global scale of business, there's lots of businesses that actually um, require you to be 
present um, at any time of day. So lots more computer desk jobs um, coming into practice in the um, shift work space. And it's not just that physically active um, shift work anymore. There's a really broad spectrum is what I'm trying to <laughs> spit out. So yeah, really broad range of people. So thank you so much everyone for jumping on. Um, so I reckon everyone's on. Um, feel free to ask questions anytime. I see them both on Instagram and Facebook. Uh, and we'll answer those as we go. I do have to apologize for being extremely breathless. I am just 36 per, uh, weeks pregnant. So yes, my lungs are well and truly crushed at the moment. <laughs> um, so yes, you will hear me breathing quite heavily and I apologize, um, but I will try and spit it out and I may slow down my talking for that very reason. So thank you so much for the likes and loves everyone. It makes a massive difference. So if you can like, love, share this live, it um, makes a massive difference to um, it just being seen and um, it tells the algorithms that you like it. So um, without further ado, let's get cracking. Now, with shift work, um, it's going to vary. So everyone's going to have different times that they work. Um, so, you know, if you've got individual questions or you're not sure, definitely um, just inbox us anytime. Um, we work with a lot of shift workers for the main reason that um, they tend to be pretty high achievers and they like to exercise just to, you know, they don't have enough going on. So uh, we've got lots of active individuals who um, we work with who do shift work for the, and so it's just something that we do all the time, but we hadn't thought of doing it live, <laughs> um, which is a bit silly, but we um, put the call out a few weeks ago and it got a massive response. So really, really excited. Now, what we're doing with shift workers is really, first of all, looking at what's called the circadian rhythm. And it's probably something that most people have heard of but in the last five years, there's just been this incredible increase in research around it, which is really awesome. One, one Australian researcher called John Hawley, uh, who I've had the pleasure of working with um, his wife, Louise Burke at AIS, um, is doing some great work in terms of timings uh, and its impact. And it's just been a real pleasure to hear him talk and also read some of his papers and stuff coming out as well. And that's out of Melbourne, which is nice. Um, so basically when we're talking about our circadian rhythm, we're talking about our body clock. So it sounds, body clock sounds a little bit ridiculous. So like you might be like, it's just, do we actually have a body clock? But we actually do. It's situated in our brain and there's a very specific region called the CNS that um, actually is almost our body clock. But it, our body clock is run by a lot of our organs, particularly our liver. Uh, and also our um, gut microbiome as well. So there's lots of different things that are actually impacted if our circadian rhythm is out. And this is what we're gonna talk about tonight. So what it impacts and also then how to hopefully reduce and minimize those impacts. So taking a breath. Huh. <laughs> um, so when you're looking at um, circadian rhythm and what it impacts. So you've got your sleep-wake cycle, obviously that's something that you're going to be aware of. Nice to see all those um, people that I know doing shift work on. Hey Liam, hey hey Marvin, Fiona, whichever you <laughs> I should call it Fee, shouldn't I? Um, so sleep-wake cycles, appetite, alertness, mood, um, also looking at like heart health, immune function. There's lots of things that are affected just through our circadian rhythm. So if that's always being tipped out in and out of um, the different shift work that we do, um, it's going to impact all those things as well because it's just so instrumental in so many things, which is actually really cool and very um, adaptive to the human body being able to um, survive in the environment, but not so great now that we're in an environment that we need to be present at all times of day, depending on our work and um, our lifestyle. Now, with all those shifts and changes and um, influences to 
all these types of things, particularly our med metabolism and our metabolic disorders that can happen from shift work. So um, we're talking increased risk of obesity, diabetes, heart disease. Now, when you look at the big studies that have been done, probably one of the best ones is like the nurse study from the US. It had 180,000 nurses um, in a study. And if they were to do shift work for one to two years, their increase of diabetes increased by 5% for 20 years, more than 20 years, their increase of diabetes increased by 60%. So it's a really, really real thing in terms of heart disease risk um, for every five years, um, you're looking at an increase of around that um, five to 7% as well. So really, interesting statistics horrible statistics at the same time if you are a shift worker to hear um but this is why we're here tonight is really just to see okay well if shift work is part of what i do it's part of what i need to do i'm not going to stop it anytime soon it's my livelihood it's part of my work what can i do to minimize the risk so that's really our focus tonight and hopefully we can just do a little few little takeaways to really um kind of clear it up because it's really confusing um you're in a total daze anyway um some of the time getting out of shift work. So it's really hard to work through. When should I eat? Like, what should I be doing? When should I be exercising? When should I be sleeping? All those types of things. So um, obviously we are um, all in the nutrition space, but we'll touch on a few other things. But if you ask me a question that's outside of my scope, I will absolutely tell you and I will follow it up with someone who's more expert in the field than me. So um, any of those types of things, I'll let you know. This is going to be really interesting. So feel free to just even shoot through what you do and um, what kind of things you try and um, do and what may work for you, what doesn't work for you. Absolutely want to hear it. So um, bring it on. So when you're looking at um, site, there's this really cool word from Germany called Zeitgeber and it is probably the best way to explain what's called time givers. So there's these things that you can do to improve how you um, reset your body clock basically. So there's obviously exposure to light and dark. So, you know, um, and night shift, whether you're using like a blue light to um, reduce your exposure to light, um, when you're um, outside of a daytime, when you're best to um, go into the light um, at that time to try and get your circadian rhythm back in time. Um, and then you've got obviously your food timing, which we'll focus on today um, and what impact that has. And then also exercise as well, which I'll touch on really briefly, but it's really not my area of expertise. So I'll touch on a few little things that it can help with, but it's definitely not going to be the focus of tonight. So if we do want it to be a focus, I will bring someone on to actually do that for us. So um, awesome to see the questions rolling through champions. Um, my brother had a meal at about 6pm, I believe, something in between. I start at 9pm and have my last meal at midnight, then that's it. Uh, and then they yeah went and breakfast at 7.30 when you get home. Um, I often find that even when eating meals at normal times, the time to sleep lethargy means that you're going, yeah. And that's that eating to stay awake that we'll definitely cover tonight. Um, operator in a mine, so 12 and a half hour shifts. So yeah, you're talking about a really long time that you need to be awake and you're awake in the opposite time that your body wants to be. So there's some really big impacts there. And I definitely don't promise to give you all the answers tonight. Everyone's going to have their own challenges, but if we can, you know, um, make a few changes or answer some questions and happy days, job done. <laughs> and if it goes over half hour, I don't mind. My babies are asleep, which is a win. Um, and so, yeah, I know that this topic will bring some questions and if I can answer them, I will be here. Um, 
So there's some things that we know impact our circadian rhythm. One of those things is really interesting um, is a really high fat diet. So there's some studies done mainly on mammal studies. So it hasn't been done on humans yet. So this is more um, just a theory is that the high fat diets can impact circadian rhythm from what we've seen in animal studies. However, all the animal studies that we're repeating in humans have have been true. So that's really interesting. And it'll be interesting in terms of like the high fat, low carb um, uh, trend, trend, but also like the keto trend and all those types of things and what that may be doing to our circadian rhythm. So just uh, watch this space on anything. And obviously then the um, unrestricted feeding um, can actually impact our circadian rhythm as well. So um, even people who don't do shift work, if you're eating at say like 5.30 in the morning, five in the morning, and then still eating by like eight, eight, nine o'clock in the night, that can actually impact your circadian rhythm as well. So um, some really, really cool stuff coming out in the research is actually that we're best to have an eating span of around that 10 hours ideally, but no more than like that 12 hours ideally. So that's something that I'll use later in um, tonight to try and kind of get you back into circadian rhythm, but I just wanted to bring that up into things that can actually affect it that are not related to shift work. Um, oh no, sorry, Peter. So high fat, high good fats and things are all good. It's when you have like a very high fat diet and hardly any carbohydrates and um, good proteins that we tend to, tend to see an issue. So, you know, including those good fats and things, absolutely okay. Um, those things are definitely fine. Uh, it's more if the other things are out of balance that we're seeing this, um, which is really interesting. And really we're so early on in that research that um, it's definitely not something that I'm too concerned about until we get more information. Um, all right, so now, what are some strategies? Now, I've just had the question actually from Amelia, have you worked shift work? Um, yes, so not to the extent of full overnighters though, um, but I've worked shift work in terms of really late nights uh, and then also really early early hours as a dietitian on the mine as well. So um, I've also seen firsthand, which has been really good in terms of the mine workers that I've worked with, um, the impacts of uh, shift work, but also um, how, we can actually include and change what they're eating to improve it. So um, I hope that we've got some nice things. Now, what I want you to do now is think about your day um, and let's start putting in some really practice-based stuff because I'm aware that time will fly tonight. Um, so let's get to the stuff that you really want to know. Um, so when you're looking at your day, one thing you don't want to do is switch around your eating points too much. So whether you're on night shift, day shift, afternoon shift, um, rest day, what you want to be doing is actually making sure that you're eating pretty similar times, time points to what you want your circadian rhythm to be in, um, no matter what the day. And what that might look like is let's just start with a day shift. You'd have a breakfast before your day shift. You'd have a lunch you'd have a dinner after you finish and you might have some snacks in there. So it'd be very much like a normal day or an off day. So on days off or on day shift, you're wanting to kind of stick to the, hopefully like no more than a 12 hour block of eating because this is your time to actually help your circadian rhythm be uh, in sync as much as possible. So if you can say, start eating at um, say 8 a.m. and then finish by 6 
p.m. That's ideal. If you start at 7 a.m. and finish by 7 p.m., that's like the max. Um, and that's actually going to help your circadian rhythm and just a really easy strategy um, that you don't need to think too hard about but can have a really, really positive impact on your circadian rhythm, which is really cool because it's such an easy takeaway um, and something that you can do no matter, you know, not even thinking about what you're eating yet, but just the when. Now, if you've got night shift, it'll obviously depend on how long your shift is. So I definitely don't, you know, promise individual advice tonight, but um, I can definitely help if you've got a question and yours is a really weird um, shift time, then absolutely throw it at me. What you want to be doing is say it's night shift. Let's start, um, depending on when you start night shift. So um, you will have... Let's start at night. <laughs> so before your shift, you want to have mostly probably your dinner, depending on what time you start, but that could look like your dinner. Um, and then overnight, you want to be kind of minimizing. So one thing I kind of repeat is just eat light at night. So you want to be minimizing um, how much you're having per night, particularly if you're not someone who only works night shift. If you only work night shift, then it can be a little bit of a different strategy. But if you're someone who rotates shifts, you definitely want to minimize how much you're eating and your feeding times overnight. But I totally appreciate appetite, eating for um, energy and all those types of things, which I'll cover in a second. And then when you finish your night shift, having something easy as your breakfast meal before you sleep is ideal. There's a few reasons for that. It's because it's at your breakfast time of a normal day, like a rest day or off day. Uh, and it's also to make sure that you're kind of rested and sleeping well and not waking up hungry or out of sorts. So you're getting a good rest in and a good sleep in um, of the morning. Um, and then you'd have maybe a snack or a lunch when you woke from that um, um, post-night shift sleep so you're still eating um, the three meals over the day and then a couple of snacks but your snacks are probably more overnight rather than through the day um, I'm gonna have to do an infographic for this because <laughs> talking through it I'm like oh it needs to be needs to be imagery so much easier oh hey Dan <laughs> sorry hubby's on he must be at the pub enjoying a beer with the boys that's okay he um, has hockey training on Thursday nights so um, that I hope helps in terms of the timing, in terms of what to eat, um, what you're really wanting to be looking at, particularly for your night shift, um, which is obviously our focus for tonight because it's definitely the hardest point of shift work, um, is having options ready and prepared. Now, the big thing with being prepared for night shift is that um, you are otherwise going to go for really easy to access options options that aren't ideal in terms of the sustained energy or quality of nutrition and they tend to be really high energy low nutrient density so you'd go for like the vending machine or the chocolates that the um say the patient gave to you or um, other foods around um whereas this is actually the best time to be prepared so if you can pack snacks for overnight that is definitely your ideal and be strategic about that and know how hungry you get. So don't try and underpack and then end up having to go to the vending machine anyway, because you run out of food. That's something I see really often. So just try and make sure that you're being realistic and not trying to be too over restrictive for what actually works for you. Um, if you don't have time to eat over a shift and you know, it can be really sporadic and you're not sure. And it's just not predictable then choose snacks that are easy to snack on. So like, um, trail mixes that you can make from home are ideal because you can sneak in like a few nice things into that trail mix, but it's also got lots of healthy fats, really filling proteins um, that you can use. And then you've also got obviously your fruits, um, but really aiming for healthy fats, 
good proteins and carbs that are going to sustain you. So the last thing you want to do when you're trying to stay awake and you're eating to stay awake is have like a sugar hit that then drops you really hard that you then look for another sugar hit and then that drops you really hard as well. And I've been there and it, um, I get it and um, it can be a real big challenge not to do that, but that is absolutely the goal um, as you try and move through and change habits and behaviours. Like it can be really hard at the start to drop Maybe it's a habit of having something sweet, you know, at that really tough time of like 3 a.m., 4 a.m. That would be what we focus on. Um, but yeah, it's just taking it one step at a time, being really easy on yourself, not aiming for perfection, but just aiming for progress with this and um, trying not to have all of your energy intake overnight. Um, so even with diet quality, even um, if you're eating quite well compared to the average population that doesn't do shift work, we still know that um, it can be an issue in terms of weight gain because of that metabolic um, change that happens. Um, the U-foods are a really easy option, Shane. So um, you can absolutely use those pre-prepared meals. There's some really good options there. Remembering to try and reflect what you're doing at night shift. So if you've got a really active shift work job and you're up and about and moving a lot of the time, then go for an option that has a little bit of um, sustainable like carbohydrates in there that's going to sustain your energy. So that could look like um, pastas or quinoa or um, grains of some description would be great. Um, if you've got like a desk job shift work, then you're not actually using all that much energy other than what your brain is utilizing. And um, you really want to trying to kind of go for more veggies and salad and um, proteins and healthy fats because it's going to fill you up, but it's also reflecting um, the work that you're doing. So one thing that we repeat in performance nutrition a lot is feeling for the work required. And that goes with whatever work you are doing. Um, you're thinking about what kind of energy you're going to need for that. Um, so then you're, um, I am seeing all these questions and I will get to them, I promise. Um, so when you're looking at the um, hydration side of things, that was something I wanted to mention. So making sure that you're drinking throughout, um, looking after your hydration, making sure that you're thinking about how much um, you need throughout, depending on the weather, how active you are, but definitely something that you can utilize. And you're also keeping yourself busy because one thing that you will find, particularly with desk jobs or a quiet night shift, um, is that you're eating to stay awake. And so if you can keep your hands busy, that's a really good thing to be doing um, to make it, make sure that you're um, you know, not going for too much of the food side of things. So hydration, fluid, obviously is one thing. But then as soon as we mention fluid, we're going to start talking about caffeine. So <laughs> let's go through that now. So in terms of caffeine, absolutely you can have caffeine to keep you awake overnight shift. But just remember that caffeine has a half-life of six hours. So what that means is that it takes six hours to get through half of the caffeine that you consumed, another six hours to get through another half of the caffeine you consumed, and then another six hours to get through another half of that. So it stays in your system for a long time and it basically peaks at about one hour after you have it, particularly if you're having like the coffee side of caffeine. Um, so what you want to be doing is hopefully stopping caffeine around that four hours before you plan to sleep mark. Six hours ideally, but it's also like the hardest time um, to stop caffeine is that early morning. Um, so four hours, if you can, before you plan to sleep is ideal. Six hours is even better, um, but just something to be aware of. So, you know, not do overdoing the caffeine, but definitely utilizing it if it is something that works for you. Um, and then you've also got things like light exposure and um, your fitness exercise routine, um, self-care support. 
um, and all those things that can also help as well. So I see all the questions, so I'm going to start to roll through um, and hopefully answer some as we go. Um, so I'm on Facebook and Insta, by the way, so I will be probably answering questions that you can't see. Um, so Julie has dinner at 6 p.m., starts at 7 snacks at nine and tries not to eat um, until breakfast or will snack on something. So I think that's a really good example of what it can look like ideally, um, because if you can minimize how much you're having and just having fluid and things, uh, minimizing exposure to light as much as possible, um, considering blue lenses, there's a few different strategies there at night to help. Um, also, when you do exercise can make a difference. And one of the biggest things that comes through is the importance of self-care and support around you. So it's a really interesting thing that this has nothing to do with like exercise or nutrition, but if you've got a really good support network, it makes a massive difference just because of the increased risk of the metabolic disorders, but more importantly, like the mood disorders that can come from shift work. Um, I find water intake the most difficult overnight. Cass, that's really common. We don't, we don't have a um, thirst mechanism overnight if we're always shifting that. So our body is designed not to drink overnight. Um, so having um, fluid overnight can actually be a real challenge if you're not thirsty. So um, not like really, you need to trust that. You don't need to go overboard with the amount of fluid. Um, but even just going off the, um, sorry, wee warning, we're going to talk about wee for a second, the colour of your wee over um, that shift. And if it's you know, really dark and quite orangey, then yes, absolutely increase your fluid. You probably are dehydrated and, and you would benefit in terms of concentration and performance and um, all those types of things if you were to increase it. Um, but if your wee is like pretty pale yellow, um, chances are you're nailing it, Cass, so don't stress too much. Um, yeah, cup of tea all the way. Keep those hands and mouths busy, I think is the key. Now, I'm just gonna scroll through, answer some questions. Um, all right, oh, sorry, I tilted that. Um, sorry, I missed that one. Any reason why I feel bloated at the end of my first night shift, even if I haven't eaten much? Oh, really good question. And it gives me an opportunity to talk about something that I love. Um, so the gut microbiome is actually really, really sensitive um, to stress and so what that means is that we can get irritable bowel sy symptoms like your bloating, um, diarrhea, constipation, all those types of things quite quickly like within two to four hours our um, gut microbiome can change to the environment. So in this stressed environment you've got to remember that our gut microbiome is actually part of that clock and so it can be impacted quite quickly um, as our shifts change. And so, yeah, we can actually get um, some symptoms there that are actually not very nice um, and quite painful at times and uh, can be un unpleasant. But yeah, that is gen generally what we find is happening. What you can do strategically is actually minimize what we call the FODMAP foods. Now FODMAP foods is like a topic for another day, um, but FODMAP foods are a type of fermentable um, carbohydrate and what you can find is that generally you can um, tolerate them quite well, but at times of stress on the body, inflammation on the body um, that shift work actually provides, we'll find that you're actually more sensitive to them. So minimizing those at those key times, like that first night shift where you know you have a problem, um, that can be a really nice little strategy that you can use that's really easy to impl implement and not too restrictive. Um, Shaz definitely just mentioned that to Ali. I know she's on, so she's sort of... Sort of <laughs> Um, 
6 to 2 a.m. That's a nasty one, really. Um, yeah, why sometimes do I feel sick driving home after night shift? Shane, it's actually um, something that our body is, it, it's pretty much like jet lag, um, where your body is all out of whack. And it has to do with the circadian clock. Um, and, you know, everyone's going to have different symptoms, but that feeling of nausea is something that I, I know I've seen another question pop up actually, um, where they, they struggle to eat after um, night shift and they struggle with nausea after night shift. So you're definitely not alone, let me put it that way. Um, so what you want to be doing there is having something really easy to eat, nothing too big, um, just enough to allow you to have a nice sleep. Um, but it may even be just preparing something really basic, simple, bland um, to have in the car on the way home. Uh, could be as easy as a smoothie, pre-prepared, um, just something to get down. You might find that fluids are easier to get down than food when you're feeling that way for sure. And if you really don't want to eat and you feel like you can sleep well without it, it may be a time just to fast and that's okay as well. <clears throat> that's really tricky. Um, Jackie, she was just saying that she can only sleep more than she can only sleep about three hours after a night shift. And that's really hard when you've got night shift after night shift. Um, actually struggle with no appetite. Yeah. After midnight. Yeah. And, and that um, will depend on your, what your shift work looks like. If you're always someone who does night shift, then you'll probably find that your appetite overnight um, increases as your body gets used to being awake at that time. But if it's always shifting and changing, sometimes what we find there is actually that um, we, we can trust our appetite and know that um, we don't need anything there. Um, so yeah, trust that definitely um, and follow your appetite. Don't just eat because you think you need a snack because it's totally fine just to wait till breakfast time before you sleep. Oh, your mum sounds amazing, Amelia. She um, cooks for her brother who's an ambulance worker <laughs> and gets it all sorted. Um, relying on coffee, yep. Yeah, so just looking at amounts and then also timing shares with that. Um, would breakfast at 2 a.m. be damaging? No, because I remember that you said that your brother finishes at 2 a.m. So if um, they are hungry then, and it means that they're going to have a better sleep from you know 3 a.m. onwards when they get into bed, then happy days. Um, it would just probably be a smaller breakfast, and then, then when they wake, that would be more like a brunch lunch um, rather than the other way around. Ali, she's so funny. She says hi to everyone. <laughs> Oh, best time to exercise. Shane, this is, um, I'm going to have to ask the experts on this um, because I've only done a bit of light reading and I know that it's something that um, people just not sure about. So leave it with me. Um, I think it will depend on what exercise does for you and how it makes you feel. So for some people, exercising after night shift may actually make them more awake and struggle to sleep after. And then for others, it may actually help them relax and sleep. And then, so if it helps you wake and you feel more alert after exercise, then the, the afternoon before night shift might actually be better. But can I just take that question, ask someone who knows more than me uh, and I'll get back to you. But um, yeah, I, I think it's a really good question. Yeah, so Amelia asked, how do you repair your body clock? Now, the good thing is you can. It is repairable. Um, it depends on how long you're going to do shift work for. Uh, if you're doing shift work ongoing and it's not something you can escape, and you know, for many people that is the case, then it will always be something that you're kind of managing rather than fixing. Um, if you are talking more like jet lag, um, absolutely you're looking at the zeitgeibers. So the zeitgeibers are those time givers that we're talking about. So looking at your 
um, light, dark um, types of um, responses, but then also looking at your food timing, uh, exercise, utilizing caffeine at really strategic times um, can get you back into sync. Our bodies are designed to do it, but it like even in studies where they take away all light, that's been really interesting because our um, length of time that we see as a day actually increases when there's no light um, exposure. So yeah, our body does some really, really weird, cool stuff um, in all those studies. I refuse to do more than three nights in a row because my body seems to just want to completely shift to the night. Yeah, that's really interesting, Jackie. And I think that's a really important thing. If you can feed back to your um, workers and like what works for you, um, what you find has been better for you, then I think that means a whole lot. Perfect. I think I've got through all the questions and I, we haven't gone too far over, which is awesome. So um, if you do have more questions after this, uh, you won't be able to ask them on Instagram. Once Instagram goes live, you can't comment, um, but you can go over to our Facebook, which is just at Compete Nutrition Oz uh, and comment on that. So ask any questions if you like. Um, and the the Facebook one is saved to our feed, whereas the um, Instagram one actually only lasts for 24 hours. So uh, it will be there for Ava. And I reckon Hermes might make this into a podcast for everyone as well. So um, thank you so much, everyone, for joining. I hope, oh, it's my absolute pleasure to give you your time. I um, I love talking about this stuff and I love trying to help people um, just break through even just one or two little changes that might help. So um, absolutely my pleasure. I hope you all have a wonderful night. I realized today that my numbers of lives are probably going to dwindle as this baby arrives. Um, so if you do have any topics that you'd like me to cover, please send them my way because we've got maybe a couple more weeks um, and then I will probably take a little bit of a break, which is, you know, <laughs> just part of it. And you probably don't want to see like my bloodshot eyes all the time when I've got a newborn. Um, but yeah, we'll probably get Ali and Hermes to um, take over a few, which will be really nice. So thank you so much, everyone. Hope it helped. Um, send through your questions, feedback, share, all those types of things. If you are interested in working with us, uh, and you had some individual based questions, we've actually got a free nutrition assessment over on our website. And what that allows you to do is just put in some things that you're struggling with or need help with. And then one of our dietitians, so myself, Ali, Hermes, will get back to you um, in a couple of days, ideally, this is our goal, um, with just a few things that you might be able to change. And if we fit, you know, um, how we might be able to support you and what those next steps are if you wanted to. So it's really just to start the conversation, get to know you, uh, and there's absolutely no pressure to, you know, and work with us from there. It's really just to start that conversation with you. So um, feel free to fill in the free preliminary assessment assessment over on our web page. Oh, and with that, and my struggling of putting out sentences, I will finish up. But thank you again, everyone. Hope you have a wonderful night and we'll chat soon. Bye.